Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. You're listening to the B2C Lead Gen Podcast. My name is Daniel Hopewell here with Simon Delaney. And this is the first episode of the year. It's also the first episode of Series 3. Is 2023 the year of the lead buyer? Um, bit of a broad question, but we'll dive into it today. Simon, what do you mean by that? So every day, I would say, we speak to lead buyers um, that have some sort of problem or are experiencing some sort of problem. And I've written a few down here that are the general answers um, that we hear. So bad leads, so this can be fraudulent leads, it can be leads that just can't get hold of, sort of wrong numbers or, you know, I don't know, um, dead numbers, dead email addresses, non-qualified leads, so people outside of a range range, outside of a geo area, um, certain requirements like above a certain salary or something, aged leads, so people think they're getting real-time leads and for some reason um, when they dig into it, it looks like they might be getting leads that are older than they think they are. Um, poor performing leads, so you know, seemingly nothing wrong on the surface, um, but they're just not performing at the sort of levels of expectations. Um, that we expect bad adverts this can be from a compliance point of view or affecting the customer experience so it creates a disconnected um, customer journey um, they need more suppliers they need better reporting on performance and just a whole host of other issues um, so when we talk about is 2023 the year of the lead buyer it's like are we finally going to do something about all of this um, and there's a few things that can happen to eradicate these sort of problems. And most of it is about getting transparency and control. It's something we've spoken a lot about. Um, and again, is this, is this the year this could happen? That's what, that's what this is about. Is this the year that, uh, Lee Bain is stepped up a level? Um, it's interesting because when we talk about lead buyers, I guess there's a, there's a few ways of looking at it. Um, you get your lead buyers who are buying leads to sell them on, almost like a broker or an agency type situation. But then I guess maybe in this podcast, we're going to focus slightly more on people who are buying leads for a brand where it's the final sort of the final stop, so to speak, in terms of, you know, they're not selling it elsewhere. Um, let's look at that. Why is it important for those type of lead buyers, the brands? Well, yeah, before we go into that, I think it's it's important, I think, that if you are an agency or broker, that you act as an extension of the brand that you're buying leads for anyway. So mm. I guess what we're about to talk about applies to brokers and agencies anyway, because if you're not acting as an extension of the brand or the end company buying the leads, it means you're probably not adding any value. So if you want to add value... Um, that's how you've got to think um we are an extension of their team so let's imagine that hopefully no one turned off at that point like, well that's not me i'm gone <laughs> yeah they were like screw that we just want to make more money <laughs> so okay um i think what's important to remember because i can forget this sometimes as well i had a couple of calls yesterday um when we were talking about some plans with some brands that we were working with for 2023 and you can forget the internal and external governance that brands go under 
an internal can be like this series of requirements they have or the different departments they need sign off from or the visual they literally need to see of adverts and you know the auditing that they need to do and things and then they have a lot of external requirements which we all do to things like you know the ICO or it could be the FCA or any other regulatory bodies um but they have a sort of much greater need to sign that off I guess um you know they really really want to protect the brand so any company buying leads whether that's directly for the brand or agency or broker that in most cases for a brand is the number one thing that they're interested in is the absolute protection of the brand and that comes from regulation regulations governance but also the customer journey um that the prospect goes on that the lead goes on uh because ultimately for the brand like the entire book stops with them that's you know mm -hmm. As far as the the person who's a lead, they don't give two shits about all these other people in the middle or whether it goes to a call center that's licensed by the brand or in a partnership then goes to through a broker and an agency and a network and whatever else. For them, it's like whoever ends up with a lead is typically the person who they've interacted with. They don't might not even remember the lead generation um, front end if it's like a under a lead generator's brand. So it's really important um from a brand perspective sort of get control over that and understand mm. that and this is about leveling up your lead buying in 2023 as well so we've said you know we'll put this speculative question out there we've looked at the problems that lead buyers typically face or at least some of the biggest ones that we got from, from the survey we did um we've also addressed why it's important um i think the next step people listening is actually to set out how they do it how they level up okay so i'm just going to run through a sort of list and of, of things you can do and we've covered a few of these in um different podcasts at different times and things um so really what this is about is building processes which make it far more likely that you're going to remove bad leads or the sources of bad leads and optimize the sources of good leads and find more sources like that. Um, so number one is due diligence. We've spoken about this before, but you can eradicate most problems with lead buying by just carrying out good due diligence. Um, and it's uh, it just means that you know you're building a real partnership with the companies that you're buying leads from. You're finding out all the information about them how they actually operate, where they generate leads, how it's going to impact the customer journey, everything else. Um, the other is a simple API that people can connect to. I can't tell you, and we've I think we might have even done a specific podcast on this before, I can't remember, but um, I can't tell you how many companies have really difficult APIs to connect to and how a lot of lead generators when you're buying leads struggle to connect to that. So this, a lot of dialers have them. They're like archaic, antiquated tech. Um, and they can be really difficult soap strings that people need to connect to. And it can take people like weeks of messing around with APIs and things like that. But actually, there's a far easier solution, which is just connect to far easier front end. Um, number three is just qualify leads. You know, you need to just put processes in place that go, okay, if these are the geo restrictions we have, um, 
we need to put this in place or if different geo areas get sent off to different call centers or different sales teams you just need api instructions for each one or uh, a ping tree which would just separate them and deliver them to different places all this can be automated and is all relatively simple to set up and it just gets rid of this manual and time consuming tasks um you need to completely control the supply of data from every single source by adding caps so this just means you can control the time of day that you can receive data how much data you can receive you can restrict it by like individual ads you could restrict it by supplier it gives you complete and utter control over the amount of data that's coming into you you need to be able to sorry number five deliver leads quickly so we all know speed to lead we don't need to um, iterate that again um, but also even if you are um, running leads on like appointment setting there's no reason it can't go into the crm or the dialer before that because it just gives the sales team the best possible chance to contact that lead as quickly as possible so always deliver leads as quickly as you can um, via api preferably if it's not if there's very low intent behind data i mean there's no point because there's no <laughs> there's no benefit behind doing that but where there is intent always deliver it quickly um feedback to the lead generators exactly the outcome of every single lead they've sent and we all know why people might not want to do that you know are they going to use the information and sell it on to another company are they going to start to increase the cpl based on um, me achieving higher conversions on the data that you've sent me um mm. If you don't trust these people, first rule is don't work with them. <laughs> like, you know, it's not even a, a question that should be asked. If the CPL is going to rise because you're getting really good performance from the lead, so what? Like, you know, if someone's generating you a lot of sales and it's within ROI, why wouldn't you pay them more? Like, you know, don't worry about if the CPL is going up, it means you're doing really good things. Don't worry about that. Um, so feedback to lead generators always. Um, number seven is get all the information relevant to how the leads have been generated, what the ad is, what the landing page is, what the channel is, every single bit of information, the URL passed with the lead. Because then if there's any problems, you have an audit trail that you can go back on and exactly how that lead was generated. And people are really, really unlikely to adulterate information if it it sort of mean, means adulterating data that you've already received because if you then have a subject's access request or someone ask, asks for details of how that data was collected and you go back to someone with the information that they sent you and they're now going to have to change something their side to make it appear um legit that becomes a criminal thing rather than it being like you know an ad that went wrong or something um, so people are really unlikely to do it. And the eighth thing is track and report on absolutely everything in terms of the performance, because this is where you're then going to see which ad, which landing page, which source drove the sales behind the leads that you were getting. And what you want to do is remove the ones that don't lead to sales and start buying more of the ones that you do. And basically, those eight points... Um, in 2023, for lead buyers, whether agencies, brokers, or the end buyers, or call centers, um, will massively increase the likelihood of you um, 
buying better leads. So what we've finished in there... That was a very out. quick fire summary, wasn't it? Was that, <laughs> is that a bit too I'm, quick? I don't know, really. We'll, we'll look at the drop-off rates and I'll pinpoint where... One of them. I think what I was going to say was, you know, we've set out a framework there for hopefully for either current lead buyers or companies who want to do more lead buying um, as they set luck into their share. And I guess it's a question of perspective in terms of how much of their resources they devote to this, how seriously they take the the process, um, whether they're kind of, you know, buying leads via an external party or whether they have something house to it. There's a load of different questions there. Um, I guess I want to lump all that together and just sort of simply end on the idea of why they need to make sure that they're doing this this year. Um, essentially, what are the benefits of being a lead buying, of taking those steps you've set out for them? So I think there's a few benefits. So you obviously have reduced costs because you're not going to be buying the leads that don't convert anymore. So let's remember, if you're buying leads from other companies, you just don't buy leads. You don't pay for the leads that don't produce sort of um, real leads. So if it's not a real person that you can contact, um, even if they don't answer the phone, like that could still be a lead. But, you know, your CPLs reduce. So just your overall costs of buying leads reduce. Um, you have reduced sales overheads because the idea is you need less leads to produce the same amount of sales. So you're either getting more sales because you're just buying more leads that lead to better results, or you're getting the same sales, but with less uh, salespeople. So either way, your operational overheads reduce. You reduce your risks of having problems with the compliance because you've got a full audit trail. Um, you've done your due diligence. You're tracking absolutely everything to make sure it's okay from every single supplier. Um, and you're ensuring that every lead is legitimate so your compliance risks reduce. Um, you have more time to spend on partnerships, which is basically meeting new lead suppliers or if you're an agency or broker, meeting other clients as well. And you have higher conversion rates. Um, but just going on to the point that you mentioned of um, you know, whether it's a resources thing, the, the whole point is that you... Um, reduce admin time by automating a lot of this. Mm. So actually, it, it the idea is it should free up resources because you know I know how it operates in like call centers and sales teams. They're doing everything by spreadsheets at the end of the month or like a, on an ongoing basis. So there's a it has two problems. One is a resource issue, which is someone's dicking around like creating reports and things like that. Um, but the other is the there's a lag between poor performance spotting and doing something about it. Whereas if you're creating real-time feedback loops and have reporting on tap constantly, when something dips quickly, you actually can do something about it immediately. So I, I see it as the, the reverse, which is what we're actually doing is freeing up resources massively compared to how a typical um lead buying sales operation works right now well but that's a concise list of benefits so hopefully everyone listening now is uh getting ready to 
I mean, it's, will we end of January by the time we put this out? But, um, or mid-January, I guess. Um, uh, no, this is, when are we putting this out? Is this what day are we is this? Thing? Are we in this tomorrow? Actually? Okay, Mid, mid-January, that's fine. Yeah, so it's um, the 11th today, but go out so still, So, yeah. my, my, the reason I say this is, hey, I think, I feel there should be a cut-off point for New Year messages after like a week. If people, like I, get, I get an email with New Year, New You question mark, as I say, I'm just like, ignore that. Yeah. Um, but all I was going to say is, um, yeah, hopefully there's a competitive reasons to sort of up your lead buying this year if you are if you have listened this far i think there's um i guess there's no absolute way of measuring whether or not um this you know this plays out but i think we'll start to hear it in the conversations we have with people we'll start to sort of get a feeling a sense that maybe companies are taking it a little bit more seriously and of course we'll um We'll reflect on that throughout the rest of the podcast this year. We'll keep referring back to it and seeing if we can chart that difference. Um, I think as well, you know, that it is 2023 and um, we're talking about people and their data, obviously, which is what leads consist of. Um, and we're just ever creeping close to this idea of this sort of inflection point of people and their data becoming more like one rather than two separate things where you can abuse heavily the day and it doesn't really matter and you know um the person is like a separate entity that you would never treat um like you treat their data um but you can only really do that by having processes in place that mean that you can actually treat a person and their data in the same way um and that isn't obviously what better lead buying is about but i do think it's related in some way which is to do with a lot of this is like to do with um the intent behind the individual with lead generation and so how this applies to lead buying as well um which increases your sales so 2023 is definitely a year to start doing that i would say it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, plays out and say so we'll, we'll try and track it if we can um through the conversations we have with people and the guests we have on the show um, but yeah, that was our first episode back. That was uh, first season three. It's 2023, the year of the lead buyer. Thanks for listening to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world.